This is Wolves Weekly. With Mikey Burrows. Featuring the biggest names from past and present. All the teams, all the talking points. Hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows and welcome to Wolves Weekly. On this episode, I'm joined by the former Wolves captain Sam Ricketts and the former winger turned defender Claire Hakeman. We'll talk about a brilliant Black Country Derby win for the women and a slightly strange viral moment for Cam Candolo in the under-21s. But first, we start with our review of the defeat to Leeds. It's difficult, isn't it? Because when you go into that kind of game, I think everyone was terming it a bit of a must-win. Um, so we're putting quite a bit of pressure on ourselves already. And like hindsight now says it would have been great just to tick over and at least have taken a point away. But the fact that we came away with nothing when we created so many chances in the game, which is, you know, I think we had 23 ch- chances or ch- 23 shots on goal. So for us, that's a you know a high figure, but the conversion rate wasn't quite there. And you know, it's easy to hide behind the fact that, that obviously we didn't get the decisions, the rub of the green as, you know, with a potential penalty and whatever else. But we've got to convert our chances. And that li- that bit's a bit frustrating for me is that we do take nothing away from the game and we lose 4-2. So there was bits of the performance, which I think were, were good. And then there was other bits where we kind of lost our way. And I think defensively, the goals that we conceded were very poor. But, we, you know, we did create chances. That, but I think we'll end up being a bit frustrated. We didn't take anything from that game, given the performance at points. Yeah, let's break it down because there's a there's a few different elements to all of this. Sam, from a defensive point of view, um, doesn't really matter how well you play and how contentious you feel some decisions are. If you give people completely free headers from set pieces and you lose the ball inside your own penalty area, you're going to be in trouble, right? Yeah, and it's just... Football comes down to scoring goals and Wolves know how hard it is to score goals. And at the Premier League level, it's extremely hard. So you can't give the defending on, obviously, the goal we're talking about there off the set piece is just unbelievable. You wouldn't see that, you know, in lower league, um, lower, lower leagues, you know, even if it happened on the Sunday league or on a Tuesday night down the, the down the five side, you'd be asking questions about it. For that level, you're just giving cheap goals away and giving yourselves an uphill battle. Uh, leads are a decent side. They always create chances, haven't always taken them all. Obviously, they took their chances against Wolves, even though they, they gave a load of chances away, like Claire's saying. But you have to defend. I think Wolves are in a big transition period at the minute where under Nuno, and I know we're going back now a good while, but he made such a big influence on the club, being hard to beat. It was always being really, really hard to beat, and they'd score the odd goal to win or draw a game. And now they're trying to be more open, conceding more goals, but not being clinical enough scoring. So it's what do they do now? How do they take that next step? Spent money, spent money on forwards, but just can't seem to score goals. The 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 play or the, the style of play they're trying to play is 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 needing really. Otherwise you've got to go back to being very pragmatic and hard to beat again. Because part of the element, Claire, is that but for those three aberrations really, Wolves played some really good attacking football and and they were getting players into the box. And you can list off the chances in the first half alone where Daniel Prudence has the effort that falls then to Pedro Neto and he kind of gets it on the bottom of his foot off his studs rather than making a sweet connection. Nelson Semedo followed up that unbelievable cross from Maximilian Kilman that no one got on the end of and his shot ended up blocked. Ruben Neves 
hit one from outside the box that just curled wide. These are really good opportunities that went begging. And then even in the second half, when Adama Traore comes on and causes absolute havoc for a good 15-minute spell, Melier makes a wonderful save to deny Raul Jimenez. There were other opportunities, balls flying across the face of goal. On another day, Wolves come back and win that game, don't they? The amount of attacking intent that was there, I don't think is necessarily too much of an issue, but they were let down by the defensive lapses. Yeah, definitely. And and like you say, there wasn't there wasn't much else for Leeds in terms of the attacking side of the game. I don't think they dominated in spells. I think we dominated the possession throughout, but those just those three goals, I think the first one you can nearly give them the Harrison. It's a good finish. I think Johnny Otto possibly could have got tighter and obviously could Samedo have stopped the cross from Nante. I mean, he's a good player, isn't he? He's excellent. So, you know, he, he was always going to be a challenge for him on the afternoon. But um, the, the second two goals for me, the ailing one, I think, I don't know whether uh, Kilman's had a call because he almost grounds himself and stops his jump when it was almost landing on his head. So there's a there's a communication breakdown. We we stationary and we've 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 not followed our man either. Um, so equally frustrating. And obviously we know that the, the Christensen as he comes on and uh, Johnny Otto really struggled against him on that far post, but again gives up his ground too easily. So. The chances that we did have, I thought the ball from Kilman was excellent, like you say. But one thing I was quite disappointed about, and it is probably a bit of the story of our season, that a stri- it's a put what a ball for a striker that was. You know, he played it perfectly in between the goalkeeper and the line of defence, literally for somebody just to make some contact on to nudge it home, and it ends up coming back out, and then it gets blocked. And you know, this is the story of our season. The, the ridiculous save from Melier um, on Jimenez. You're literally thinking this is this is going in. This is a striker going to be scoring a goal after over a year. Doesn't go in again. You, sometimes you just see that Lucky's not with you, and you, but we can't be talking about that. We can't be talking about VAR decisions going against us all the time. We clearly are going to, but we've got to we've got to start scoring goals. It's been the story of the season, hasn't it? not being clinical, but the day that we create 23 chances and score two is is a little bit disappointing that we don't come out with at least a point on that one. Well, that's the Uh, interesting debate. Go on, Sam. Go on, I was going to say, you've probably summed up there. We can talk and talk and talk. Your number nine hasn't scored a goal for a year. And therein lies the issue. For all your play, you've just got to score. And that's, that's what it comes down to. And that's what Wolves haven't done now for a while. But what I was going to ask you both is where you fall on that spectrum because the, the the pessimist will say you can't go into a game against a relegation rival, concede three goals. That's that's asking for trouble. That puts you right back in the relegation picture. The optimist will say we created 23-odd opportunities. Another day we'll score a hat full and you'd rather be creating all those chances because that gives you more chance of a winning game another day. I don't know where the two of you, so you, Sam, sit on that spectrum, really. I think I'd be more of the optimist, really, and be like, Wolves are trying to evolve. And that's a, and I, I know I keep saying this, and I, I have a, like a broader sense of this because I don't watch every game. So I kind of like see it over six, 12 months at a time. And I think that's where they have to go. They have to go that way. They just have to get used to. And I say get used to scoring goals. They just haven't done so as a club for a long time. And and that it becomes a habit and it becomes routine players who maybe would score five or ten a season. You need to get them into 10 and 15 and get used to being in those situations. And just if you're going to play as well as they did, they should win more games. You can't guarantee it, but creating those chances, what you're speaking about there, 
they should be scoring and should be winning games. But I think confidence plays it. They probably need to win a game four or five nil and actually get the confidence that we can do this and we can score this amount of goals in a game. And hopefully that tells in the future. At the same time, the pessimists or the defensive side, you just can't give cheap goals away. And they do go hand in hand. The idea is you get both. Um, are Wolves good enough to go toe-to-toe? You have a chance, we have a chance, you have a chance, we have a chance. And out perform or out be and be more clinical than the opposition? Probably not, to be honest with you. And that's probably what's hurt them, even in the games. And obviously, I did with you with the with the Liverpool Wolves game, Wolves have probably the better chances. Don't score. Liverpool get half a chance and score or just manage to get a goal and, and score. And that probably sums Wolves up a little bit. Um, and where they probably need to try and get to is, and it, I don't think it's just down to one player, it's just to be more clinical in that final third. Is it something to practice in training? Is it, and it's not just doing finishing at the end of training for five, 10 minutes. It's It becomes routine. I think if you look at, say Liverpool, for example, there they would probably, it sounds stupid but probably do finishing every day every day just real simple finishing within the 18 yard box um just for the players to get used to it and that's how they end up being clinical yeah i think um i mean i'd be thinking at the moment the position that we're in especially you what you don't want to happen is the panic sets in because we're now 10 games to go and for me i'd rather us win ugly i don't care how we win i think if you keep a clean sheet as a base then you're going to take at least a point away um and I think we've got to kind of build on that. I think it's important we are creating chances, but we, I mean, talking about scoring goals and being more clinical has been the story of the season. We've we've literally spoken about it most weeks. And I think the disappointing thing for me is that we've come away from the Spurs game absolutely buzzing, thinking what a result that is. You know, we absolutely turned the game around and 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 took the three points away. And then just two games later, with all the other results that are coming in as well, we we're feeling fairly flat and a little bit deflated and back back well really very much back in the mix so um i think it's going to be important that we get back on track really quickly um we take the chances when they come along and i think for me the one kind of positive i think it's going to be really hard to go to nottingham forest next because they'll create a lively atmosphere they're very good at home but i actually think they're very similar to to leeds in the fact that i don't think they're very good defensively uh but I think they're quite attacking in the final third. So I think there will be a challenge for us, but it'll be a very similar setup because Leeds, we knew would create chances. We knew they'd probably score goals because their the ratio of goals for is much better than ours. But what what they what they don't do, similar to Forest in that Leeds let us absolutely back in. You know, they were leading well clear, but they, they looked very exposed at the back and we created numerous chances off the back of it. We just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Um, Let's talk about the VAR... Uh, the official situation. Um, there is no doubt about it that Wolves feel hard done by, given what they've been through in uh, just the last couple of months, really, with the instance at Liverpool in the FA Cup, at Nottingham Forest in the League Cup, uh, with Mario Lamina sending off at Southampton, and then especially uh, just a week before the Leeds game with what happened with Raul Jimenez and Nick Pope at Newcastle. Um but a lot of fans pointing out over the weekend, Sam, that Wolves have got to be careful with not being seen to be simply complaining too much. And the question gets asked, I guess, as to whether what is the reason why they're not getting marginal decisions on the pitch at the moment? And is it because maybe 
there is a reputation growing in which they feel hard done by, so they complain more, and then you complain more and you don't get what you're complaining for, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's undoubtedly decisions are going against you. You you want to highlight them because as a as a club, as a manager, you're saying, listen, we're doing everything right, but that decision's gone against us. And and we all know that the Premier League is sat what's it from twelfth down, there's three, four, five points between everyone. So you know what you're working with there is minimal. It is it does come down to a referee's decision, win or lose a game, um, which can make the difference three, four, five places. So you've got to highlight it because you're trying to back up. We played really well, but this went against us. But you don't want to hide it behind it either. Um, why things go against Wolves, no real idea. Are they, is given a decision against Wolves, does it really get highlighted as it does against one of the, the bigger sides? No, definitely not. I think it's a as bad as it says, it's an easier decision to go to give a decision against Wolves than it would be to go against Man United. Or It's, it's not going to get the highlight. I don't know if they're seen as a bit of a soft touch, a bit of a soft club where, okay, they will moan, but it's not going to be the end of the world. However, having said that, I've never known a referee actually, well, I'd like to think so, purposely go out of their way to to go against a, a club. I just think they've been extremely unlucky. It's a penalty at the weekend, isn't it? it you know, you can't fail to see how it isn't a penalty. And, um, and you'd have to say, will... It, it has to turn at, at some point and a few marginal decisions do need to go Wolves' way. I think they're inching their way, but you know, an odd refereeing decision, giving a, a penalty when it should be getting a, an odd win or two will just make everyone relax a little bit more. Because that's the thing, Claire, isn't it? That um, Sam's right. Look, no, nobody's saying there is a conspiracy or a vendetta or anything along those lines in terms of, of what's been going on. But there is an undeniable element that Wolves very much will feel hard done by, given the fact they've had three apologies in the last couple of months. And it's just whether that has all conspired in terms of adding up to the scenes that we saw at the end, where there is a shirt pull on Adama Traore. We can debate how much that puts off a player like Adama. In reality, it's a foul, right? It doesn't matter whose shirt it is. You, the shirt was pulled and therefore it kind of, that goal shouldn't have stood. And clearly the scenes at the end. Now we know that the club have appealed the Mateus Nunes red. It's my understanding that uh, he didn't uh, barge into the referee, that the referee uh, backed into him. But again, that's debatable because we don't know what the officials will have said on that issue. But clearly they have to find a way in the next two weeks to put this all out of their minds and say we just need to move on and and do what we need to do and and not rely or protest against any more refereeing decisions. Yeah, I think totally. We've got to let the football do the talking, haven't we? I think you know it is frustrating, and I think the decisions have been going against us in those last couple of games, particularly the Nick Pope one. And I kind of you think after the back of that Spurs win. You know, it's important that we built on it and little moments like that could have changed the game. Equally, I have to say, I think Newcastle were outstanding. I do think they they stood above us. I think they were better than us for most of the afternoon. But equally, does that situation change the game if we did get anything out of it? That's It's those moments you're never going to know. So you can never guarantee we'd have definitely took three points home. I don't know whether we would have done because I think Newcastle would have kept, you know, kept coming back at us. But I think we've just got to keep our heads, uh, try and keep the frustrations at bay as much as we can and let the football do the talking because 
we can't affect the referee's decisions. We can't keep getting in the referee's face if, you know, presuming that something's going to happen. And I think there's, there's, there is issues with VAR that need looking at. I, I think it's frustrating. I think the Samedo one, like Sam, I think it's a penalty. I could, you know, I was in line with it in the Billy Wright upper. And for me, I saw it real time without any replay. And you could see that he got there first. I don't think it's masses of contact, but I think it's enough to totally take him out of his stride as he's driving into the box. So therefore it's a penalty. Um, I think if the ref gives it, it would have been upheld with VAR. But if the ref doesn't give it, VAR will back the referee's decision. But I think often referees maybe think in their own head, you know what, I'm going to, you know, if if it is a, a penalty, they'll tell me to go and look at it. It's all working back to front and it's not almost matching up with what the person in the in the boxes and the studio is looking at as well. So it's I think it is frustrating. It's difficult to not to get caught up in it. But at the end of the day, we, we, we've got to go and get the points on the pitch and score the goals ourselves and be well clear so that, refereeing decisions isn't something that we're talking about as as we're going down to the championship you know it's really important that we uh, start stepping up ourselves and 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 scoring goals on the pitch to, to win win us points i tell you what we need to do and you have to frame it very very well as a, as a manager and uh, some managers do it better than others you've got to create a siege mentality you have to create that everyone's against us and try and you i'm not saying that the the squad and team aren't together already um, but even more so and really create that feeling that everyone's against us and really galvanise and focus everyone going in, into these games and, and try and use it. That's all you can do. You can't change the decisions. They're wrong. It's great. Yeah, thanks. You've said sorry. It doesn't help me now after the event. Um, but all you can do is, is try and galvanise that and, and, like I said, use it as a siege mentality. Because they're not in a terrible position, right? Despite the fact that they lost the game, Um I know everyone built it up as a relegation six-pointer and all that malarkey, but in reality, Sam, I think if you are, and obviously you've been in these kind of positions, you kind of rather be where Wolves are than some of the other teams in that bottom eight in terms of you've got a little bit of a cushion knowing that, you know, a couple of wins and and you're pretty much there. Yeah, I, I don't worry about Wolves. Well, no, I think Wolves will be fine and, and I'm very, very confident in doing it. I think they've got enough to win games. You know, we, we've seen that. They've, they've beaten Spurs. There's plenty um, There's plenty of quality within the squad. You you want those the, the, the wins more, more so than not. But like I said, I, I don't overly worry about Wolves. I, I think they'll be fine. Um, they'll get the points needed. I think there's certainly worse teams around there than they are. And, and they're inching their way, really, slowly but surely. A little bit too slow, maybe, but they are they are getting it, and and they will be fine. Um, like I said, they, they've got enough quality to get the points needed for sure. It's going to be some interesting selections, Claire, for that Nottingham Forest game. And I think the one point, just to finish on on our review of that Leeds game, that I think a few fans would want raised is the element of as much as we've praised Julian Lopetegui for his substitutions and his reading of the game and. And let's face it, it's now pretty much standard that he makes at least one, if not two subs at half time. But at some point, people will question the need to keep making those substitutions. Now, it's not always his fault. Things happen on the pitch, like an early goal on Saturday that changes the course and, and obviously the tactical now is from within it. But the, the, the pressure to pick the right team from the off is clearly there now. 
Yeah, I think so. And there's, you know, we know that there's going to be decisions to make. I think Johnny Otto struggled anyway in the last two games. Um, I think he actually did well at Spurs. You know, it's his first 90 in a, quite a long time and I thought he managed the game pretty well, but he had a torrid time at Newcastle and very similar again on, on Saturday, um, despite a great finish in the game. But So we know that, that that's going to be an issue. We know that we need to find a solution there at left-back. So it's where they go next. And we have had a little bit of movement in terms of rotation of that midfield area as well with Jao Gomez coming in and having a little impact and Lamine has been in centre midfield and then dropped back into the back as well. So there's there's been lots of chopping and changing. I can I can understand at the weekend, Dawson, I'm imagining going off. I think he had one more foul and he was probably going to be sent off himself because he, you know, he gave away a very good yellow uh, for the little tackle on the edge of the box on Harrison. And then just before half-time, he's, he's, he's got rolled and had a little pullback. So I think he's managed to dodge a second yellow there. And I think they thought maybe they didn't want to risk him getting sent off. So we saw Collins come into play. You know, it's it's a little bit unsettling for the, for the back four. But I think Dawson needs to be there. I think that experience that he brings to it um, is key. Whether we stay with a back four and bring in eight Nori, I'm not sure. Because to me, if eight Nori's playing, I want to have a back three with him being as part of a five as a wing back or in the forward three positions. Now I wouldn't be adverse to seeing him be given some game time on that left wing again. You know, he had an impact at points at Everton and other games where he was played a little bit further forward. Um, but defensively, we know, uh, you know, look at Newcastle. He was, he was well out of the picture, wasn't he? When, when they scored on, on down that side. So um, I'm not sure he trusts him defensive defensively as much. Um, but he's an attacking he's an attacking player. He's a luxury fullback that maybe defensive side of his game isn't his strong point. And he's but he's very good going forward. And I think the miss of Hugo Bueno is is huge. So getting him back on the pitch as soon as we possibly can is key. So um, there's lots of decisions to make, isn't there? I don't think anybody knows. People talk about Traore. We could, you know, people are saying we don't want him to start. We want him to be off the bench. And personally, I prefer him coming off the bench and being that option. He changed the game when he came on. When he started at Newcastle, he wasn't in the game at all. So, you know, and I'm not saying that's Newcastle was a tough game and we were, you know, we were under the cosh for that first 20, 25 minutes or so. But um, I think those sort of decisions, people are all having discussions and disagreements and arguments about. So imagine picking the team for Lopetegui. I think finding that best 11 that's going to get us the points and Forrest is going to be a tough job. Well, if he needs uh, a utility defender who can play the fullback, a huge amount of experience and who's going to get his boots back on this weekend. Sam, are you available? <laughs> Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll be available. I'll come round and... and... Try and get through the warm-up. That's about all I'm good for nowadays, I think. <laughs> You're playing in Dave Edwards' testimonial. I'll be there. I'll be there. The slight worry is we have, we've got a group chat going and I think lads are starting to pull out. So at one point, we had plenty of players thinking that's all right. Roll on, roll off subs every five minutes, ten minutes. Now we're getting messages, all oh, lads, there's a few pulling out now. Can you still make it? It's coming down to, I think, we'll be a full 90 minutes. Full 90 minutes job. <laughs> oh, You've still got it in you, mate. I'll, I'll tell you on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Best of luck with it. If anyone wants to get down uh, to the Montgomery Waters Meadow and see Sam and, and a proper team of Wolves legends uh, probably playing together for probably the final time, Sam. I don't know whether most of you will get back together and get on the field again. In, until someone else rolls up with the games. No, there's some good the good lads playing. Hunty's back, Stephen Hunt and Carl, I think Carl Emery's playing and a number of good players. So, It'll be good to see everyone. Keem's obviously in goal as well. Um, so that'll be really good. 
So there was one of the more bizarre moments that took place in the under-21s game against West Ham on Monday night at Kidderminster. Goalkeeper Palmy Adam Bjornsson was sent off early in the game. Wolves didn't have a replacement goalkeeper amongst the substitutes. So central defender Cam Candola took the gloves and immediately saved a penalty. In the end, James Collins' side went on to be beaten 5-0. But Candola made some really impressive saves along the way. So we asked Sam Ricketts if he'd ever considered going in goal. Um, my little boy asked me this the other day. He's just getting into football. Not since I was about seven seven years old. We were 3-0 <laughs> down at half-time. And I got subbed at half-time, get out of goal and get back on pitch. So I'm no good in goal, I'm afraid. Would you Would you ever have done it if you were asked, though? If someone asked me to, I would do, yeah. I wouldn't. Everyone always fancies themselves as being a bit of a goalkeeper or give us the gloves, I'll have a go. But enough harder than it looks. When you're when you're out on pitch and the goal goes in, you're like, keeper, seriously, how can you let that go in? You go in goal, everything's fine in past you. Not got a chance. See, at the end of training sessions, there's always somebody, right, who, who goes yeah. in. I, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I've seen in training, I think Ruben Neves is actually a very good goalkeeper. Um, who would it, who would it have been during your time that was always the one that fancied? Because I know goalkeepers always fancy themselves. Carl Ikemi fancied himself as an outfield player all the time when he was there. But there must have been someone who was like, yeah, I, I'll go in, I'll go in. Do you know what? I think it might have been like Steers, someone like that. I'm sure Matt Doherty, that's who Matt Doc would fancy himself in goal. He'd get chipped all the time. Well, he's not that small to be fair, but he would fancy himself in goal. Steers would... Um, someone like Lee Evans, possibly someone like that. Um, yeah, no good, no good, no, none of them are any good. None of them. Who was in goal for the 21s? Who got sent off? Parmian and Bjornsson, uh, was sent oh, off. Yeah. It, it was a it was a moment for him where I think he misjudged where the edge of his box was, and um, in doing so, trying to fall back, dropped the ball, and then instinctively grabbed out of the West Ham player who was about to to tap it home. So kind of no questions really over over the decision and just one of those moments that he's going to have to put behind him. Yeah. Um, unfortunate for, for Cam later on in the game, whereby obviously the, the makeshift goalkeeper gets exposed. And I think one of, the, one of them, he kind of ran into Christian Marquez and the ball ends up rolling over the line and a late free kick that, as a slight deflection and gets past him, and and uh, otherwise it made it feel a bit harsher, Claire, than it than it ought to have been, really, because the way they battled for seventy two minutes with a player less and a, a central defender in goal was actually quite admirable. Yeah, it was, and I think if you looked at the starting lineup, they didn't have masses of defensive minded players on there. We, you know, or any out and out centre midfielders. Ollie Tipton obviously played in there, but. You know, Owen Hesketh not being there and no Joe Hodge as well. So I think it was probably hard work for him. They've got a really young team out tonight as well. So it would have been tough going. But I mean, Cam Candola, fair play to him. He's, you know, you think that they've lost 5-0. But within that, I saw one excellent save in the second half where he's hit it firm, wrist and managed to bounce it over the crossbar. And obviously the penalty save as well. So he's probably saved two goals there as well. So I know that... 
James Collins will be disappointed because, you know, it's tight down there in Premier League too. But, you know, there's there's three really big games coming up for them, isn't there? I think they've got Everton who are just above them and they've got Spurs who are a point below them and then back to Everton again. So there's some winnable games in there to get some points on the board. But, you know, that little bit, just a little bit more experience tonight. And I think that, you know, they may well have competed. It's just a little bit unfortunate, isn't it? When the goalkeeper gets sent off and you've not got a keeper on the bench, you know that, you know, it's going to be a, a tough ask and a, an absolute battle all, all night. Um, not the best of weekends for the unders either because the 18s were beaten uh, 4-0 by Man City. There were two late goals in it. Um, Hayden Carson was sent off for Wolves. Um, but in some respects, Sam, you you kind of always expect that you're going to be up against it when you come up against Man City because no matter the level, they've just got an abundance of young, talented players. Yeah, they have. And they obviously recruit from a very young age all the way through spending nearly but whatever's needed really for the for the best players so um always good games to play and always good games to test yourself in um Patrick ascendings off then in every every level I know Nunes obviously wasn't on the pitch at the weekend but every every team had ascending off that doesn't always help um but Wolves have got a really good track record sorry of producing players a number of young players now who were there when I was there when I was coaching there it's interesting watching them come through now and seeing how they're getting on and, and doing well so um, no, Wolves have got a very good system as well, uh, as well as obviously Man City, a different different scale of, of doing such things and in different budgets, obviously. But I think equally good at bringing players through. Yeah, the only side that had an enjoyable week was the women's team, and we'll talk about them next. <laughs> Do you want to get more active? Wolves Foundation, the club's official charity, runs an active through football project, which helps people of all ages to improve their physical fitness. Sessions are fun, friendly and have real positive results. To find out the range of activities on offer, contact Liam Turner at wolves.co.uk. So no game for Wolves women over the weekend uh, due to weather conditions, but there was a game on Thursday night, just a ma- small matter of a Black Country derby at the Hawthorns. Now, Dan McNamara last week on Wolves Weekly made such a big play of the fact that no Wolves team had won at the Hawthorns since 1996. That record, Claire, easily ended in the end. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great win for Wolves women. Uh, great to go to the Hawthorns and and you know beat them. We travelled really well with uh, fans as well. We had you know I would I would nearly say we were pushing for half the crowd. We were actually Wolves fans. We had a lot of our RTC younger academy girls there as well watching because we'd cancelled training for the for them. So it was great to see so many supporters there watching the girls. But you know it was a tough tough night and. I don't know what it is, but last couple of times we've played Albion, we seem to be very kind enough to give them a one-goal lead. So um, we we followed suit with that. Uh, But then we really stepped up and, you know, got into the game. Beth Roberts down the left-hand side was excellent and she got you know, a goal uh, to bounce us back into the game. And then we had a double from Destiny Toussaint and she's excellent player as well. Brilliant bullet header uh, from Beth Roberts cross as well for, for one of those. So um, really pleasing performance from the girls, worked really hard. And I think sometimes it's easy, easy in those sort of moments to get caught in the occasion of playing in a big, big stadium and a moment for, you know, Albion for them to play there and they raised their game. But I think the girls managed it really well and and dominated throughout. I think it was 3-1 at half time, but second half was a bit flat. 
but we, we, we'd already seen it through. We'd already kind of finished the game off at half time, really. There was uh, um, some really interesting elements to it because I've not seen them in the flesh for a little while. And, and to see the evolution, really, of moving away from what's been an absolute staple in terms of a back three slash five and, and the positions that everyone had, to, to see that back four um, and see Beth Merrick getting involved higher up the field and the two Beths down the left-hand side. You mentioned Beth Roberts and she took a goal absolutely superbly. But for me, it was it was the way Beth Merrick played, especially in that first half, that she was an absolute class above anything that was coming up against her. There was not just the quality, but a strength about her. And obviously the fact that, you know, she is wolves through and through, she'll have absolutely loved being involved and it clearly meant a lot more to her but the way she played was really impressive for me yeah she's excellent as well I, I think um Beth Merrick is a hell of a player technically so good um and like you say now we're playing four at the back she's managing to push on for, forward and get into the areas that I think she's a real threat for us I mean you know the the, the deliveries that she puts in it is excellent but also her all-round awareness and um, anyone that's got a chance to see the highlights well worth a watch because the goals that we scored were were brilliant and the ball that she actually plays into Beth Roberts it's just that awareness that she knows where Beth is with actually out, out having a look because she's managed her body so well to play her in the perfect ball for her to you know slot away so I think she's you know a standout player for us and when she performs we we tend to perform I've seen some spectacular goals and uh, you know, she's a she's a huge Wolves fan so she had a shot that just went wide really early on in the game and she would have Absolutely, have loved to score at the Hawthorns, but I'm sure she'll, you know, her chance will come again. Um, there are two other players I want to pick out in just a second. You mentioned that Beth Merrick chance early on. I said to Dan McNamara when I caught up with him pitch side afterwards that, I mean, because I was on the other side to you, I was over on the press side, um, and he was he was ranting and raving for that first 10, 15 minutes. I said to him, why were you so angry? Because from what I was seeing, it was purely a matter of time before Wolves went on to win that game comfortably. They might have been trailing, but it was against the run of play, as you mentioned, and, and the quality was there to see. But it was Tammy George, for one, that she actually, I think, had a bit of a knock to the head, didn't she, and needed a bit of treatment and change of shirt. And from that moment, she was purely unplayable. No she... one in a West Brom shirt could get anywhere near her. Honestly, she, Tammy doesn't ever cease to amaze you. She's, you know, she's come on so much I would say I, I mean obviously as I was kind of retiring she was just coming through for us and you know she was always plays with no fear really brave and I think two of our three goals came through her from the fact that she's made a brilliant challenge for the first one where she shouldn't probably win it and manages to to deflect into her path last week uh, when they were away at Foyle she actually scored herself by charging the keeper down with absolutely again no fear because that's what she's got the intensity and aggression of her play is is superb and she's just you know an excellent role model as well to to see from the all the RTC girls I know a lot of them their favorite is Tammy George and I don't know whether it's her energy that she brings to the game but she's you know she's just an all-round lovely person as well but she's you know excellent coming on loads and she's a real real asset to us she was absolutely superb. Um, but you have to give uh, so much for the night to uh, your old friend that you refer to as Perksy, Anna Price, now the club's record appearance maker 
for the women's side at 349. Um, reverting to a central defensive role, having been a deep-lying midfielder for the uh, last couple of seasons. And I know she's played in the back as well, but um, her, she, there's an element of her. Obviously, she's been on Wolves Weekly. You know her better than most. She's so humble and modest about everything that she achieves playing in that gold shirt that it was just so lovely to see getting that recognition for reaching that landmark. Uh, you know what? She's totally playing it down. Everything I've heard from her directly or in the interviews I've seen that she's done, she just plays, like you say, she's so humble. She plays everything down. But, you know, she deserves all the plaudits because she's been a fantastic player for Wolves Women. She's a fantastic role model. Um, but, she, you know, she's just kind of the glue that sticks everything together because even when she's been out of the team, she's uh, when she's been on the bench, you can tell that she kind of sees everything, I don't know, keeps everybody together and focused and um drives everything on she's she's just brilliant on and off the field really integral um fantastic achievement for her to make so many appearances for wolves women and i don't think that i'll be very surprised if that ever gets broken you know it's a, you know it's a fantastic achievement but it's absolute credit to her that she's she's playing she's managed herself so well to uh, keep playing she's still involved very much involved in the team and she can offer so much you know whether she's sitting you know holding role in centre midfield or if she drops back into the back you know she's she's brilliant she's an intelligent football player as well brilliant airily I think we we do a Perksy header coming up some sometime soon I'm sure but you know there's some big games coming up for us and I'm I'm sure that she'll she'll be doing everything that she possibly can to get us into a position to get promoted at the end of the season. You mentioned those big games because uh, all of a sudden, Nottingham Forest at the top dropped points to a Loughborough team who have been beaten heavily by a lot of people this season. But all of a sudden, that shock opens the door again to potential title chase. Yeah, very much so. And I think, you know, it's about staying in touch. And obviously, we can only control what what we do. So, Wolves women's target is to win every game that we play and we can take it game by game. That'll be, you know, the way that they operate. But the, the result that happened for Nottingham Forest means that we're now three points behind. We do have a game in hand. Their goal difference is far superior. So I think it's plus 18 they've got on us at the moment. But there's also some big travels for them to come, some some tough games. I think they've got Burnley and Derby coming up and, you know, we've still got to go to Burnley as well. So this, you just don't know what's going to happen. I think there's still going to be a few twists and turns to, to this running. Obviously, we've got a huge game coming up uh, at Molyneux. So we've got a Molyneux game coming up on the 2nd of April. So um, that's a Sunday, 2 o'clock. So it'd be great to get as many Wolves fans down there as we can to cheer us on because we're very much in this promotion race. And I think every little helps. And we've been, got some brilliant crowds in this season. So um, all the support that we've been getting from like academy players, families and groups and other teams that have been coming to watch us this season. We've had some brilliant feedback and um, lots of engagement after the game with the girls. If you want to sign autographs and stuff, the girls are really keen to do that. So it'd be brilliant to get a crowd down there and give us a real push to, to get the three points. Thanks for listening to the all-new Wolves Weekly from Wolves Radio. Don't forget to give us a follow at Wolves across social media. And all the very latest is at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app.